set it up again <laughs> what would you do oh well you were asking me if if i you know we were talking about regrets like you know if you're on the fine art side maybe there's a little instability and in income that has its own issues and problems certainly and yeah. you look at the grass on the other side and you kind of might go like oh you know what if i was a commercial photographer or what if i was a you know wedding photographer uh, or whatever. yeah yeah which I, you, you and I both know people that try and, you know, bridge the gap between fine art and, you know, find, make some money off of it. You know, I've been, I've kind of done both because I did a little bit preliminary, like back in my, you know, late 20s, 30, early 30s, where I was, I had my day job, but it was, didn't tax me creatively. So if anything, it kind of instigated when I got home and I was clocked out. I got to do whatever the hell I wanted, and that that was sort of a beautiful, a beautiful space to be because I had my had my weekly paycheck, and then I could just have I could just kind of go all out with the art, and you know I didn't have a family or anything like that, so you can be completely self-absorbed up in your studio till two or three in the morning, listening to you know guided by voices and just you know get into your drawings and paintings, and you know it's a wonderful, wonderful time, and I do miss that, but. You know, I had the luxury of not, you know, I, I wasn't, I didn't need to make money off of it. But then, of course, we were all like having art shows back then. We were a tight little community in a small town. And I think those shows and the excitement of selling, and we were selling, you know, because we weren't charging grant. We weren't, we weren't charging 2000 In the beginning, we were charging. No, no you were selling. I wasn't selling. You were. Wayne and Sean and everybody else was selling. I wasn't though. Well, unfortunately, I think photography is always gets people always think they can do it. I think oh, they yeah. belittle it, you know. And because it's a print, it's not a one-off. And I, you know, I'm sure you've you know wrestled with all the the, the rationale that people throw at you for why it's not a oh, yeah. you know for my entire career they won't pay money for it which is ludicrous because you know just like anything you know the quality is is the quality you know and the vision is the vision yeah yeah so so doing the art shows and things like that was great but you know I always had my I never considered myself trying to or considered the idea of making a living off of selling art because I knew or I felt like I knew that I would feel that pressure and and you would be answering to someone but sort of like your that's your your pure space and you would you might have to do commissions of things you didn't want to do because you know you need two grand you need to you know make a mortgage or something or if you have a family you know oh, I gotta you know get some new shoes <laughs> for my kid or something speaking of kid here's my little baby let me give my little baby a kiss Good night. Hi, Lauren. And I liked my job, you know, because I, you know, I've always been working. I was like, I've never had that. Like, man, I need more time to paint and do my art or do more drawings. I would have loved that, but I just kind of took advantage of that in the off time because I had that time to kind of burn. So it wasn't, you know, I could do both, you know. Yeah, and that just followed, and then ultimately. I think we started doing more and more art shows and I was devoting more time to doing art and then everything just kind of 
you know, just like any scene or any gallery or cluster of friends or there's always that little window and it's a sweet spot. It's usually like three years in my experience. And then something changes. And with us, the gallery went belly up and they, you know, they ran off and owed people money and all that good stuff. So, and that was time for everyone to get, I think, basically. You stuck around because you were involved in a lot of other things. I stuck around too long. I Yeah, well, it's easy. You know, look how, you know, I, I've been back here a couple, three times. So Lauren and I decided we, were, we just were, let's go, to, let's go to New York. I had divorced too before I met Lauren. And so I was, when I met her, I was kind of like, let's, let's go. I don't want to do this here anymore. And so obviously going to New York, the last thing I was going to consider is I'm going to be an artist in New York. I'm going to make it up there. It's like I, I... That's the place to do it if you're going to do it anywhere. Well, yes, I and I can see that. But with me, I had already slept on someone's couch several years prior. I had gone out to Oregon with no money. And that didn't work out so good for me. I was one step away from being homeless. But luckily, I had a buddy and I had a couch to sleep on. So... When we went to New York, I was like, I'm, I'm not doing, I'm getting a jobby job, like my graphic design job. I'm, I'm actually excited about what you could get in New York. So I worked really hard on a really bad book of work, L- like literally a three by four black, you know, polyester faux leather zip up portfolio. Oh yeah, we all own those. That are the stock issue for, you know, art school kids in the 80s and early 90s, whatever. Yeah, yeah, the three ring binders ones. Threw all my stuff in there and, you know, thought it looked nice. I remember when I went to New York, there was a guy I went to art school with who I didn't know. He was younger than me, but I had, I had met a lot of people in art school and I was really into my illustration and graphic designs, what, what my focus was. And I did well in those. So I guess People kind of knew me. I was kind of a big deal. <laughs> it was a small art school. You were a big fish in a small pond. I was a it's big okay. fish in a, in, a, in a very, very small pond. But it was a great school. But he, he knew me, and he'd moved up to New York, and he was a really good designer. And I called him up, and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm up here in New York. You know, any leads you can give me or anything? You know, I'm trying to find some work. And he was like, oh, yeah, come by my office, you know. And, yeah, it'd be great to you know see how you're doing and stuff. And super nice guy. He worked with this other older fellow. Their office was used to be the old apartment for Kiss. The guys in Kiss used to stay there when they were in New York City. It was like right by Madison Garden, 23rd Street. Anyway, is what it's called, Madison Park. And they looked at my stuff, and he unzipped it. This was his boss. He unzipped it and looked at it, and he's just doing the classic thing where you're rifling through. You're like, eh, no, that'll never work. That'll never What's why, why is this in here? No, 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 no. And just kind of giving, you know kind of going old school, you know, sort of art, art instructor on me, which I needed. And he said, you, you need to, let me show you what a portfolio looks like. And he handed me something that was about, you know, the size of a small book, literally, that was all printed and uniform and really tight and very, just very, just very slick looking and very manageable. Polished. <laughs> um, and very polished. And that was what, but you know, you, you have to know what the new the new way to promote yourself is, you know? And so that was when I first started learning that. Never had to worry about that before. This is my first lesson in my, my long, you know, venture in New York. Anyway, made a lot of decisions and edits and 
worked a lot of time to really develop this portfolio. So it was my first lesson anyway. Got a respectable book together. I threw a lot of my fine art in the book and made it a book cover. Or I took it and made it an illustration for an article. You know, I kind of used some tricks so I could incorporate my own artwork in there just to kind of richen the design. And I, and I, a lot of logo work and stuff like that, which I love doing is problem solving. It's like visual problem solving. So I, I think my brain, I'm kind of a hybrid. I, I can definitely go into the sort of world where you're just creating for yourself and you're going into your head and, you know, kind of just creating what you see. But I also like the problem solving that comes with design and things of that nature. So, you know, it's, it's not too hard to go back and back and forth between the worlds. I feel like I've been way too far out of the art world now, which is, you know, it'd be nice to get back into it. Having, I don't know, my life has got to, something's got to start changing a little bit so I can actually devote more time to it. Because you, you have to be able to really devote time to it. You have to be in your head, which I'm in my head anyway, but I'm also doing other things while I'm in my head. But to be in your head and sit there and stare at a canvas or a piece of paper and wait, not wait, but just kind of let things come, you know, you need time for that. And I'm, I'm a little out of practice. I haven't actually gotten to ask you any questions. So let me... Yeah, ask me because I ramble. Yeah, and no, it's, it's uh, fine. I'm perfectly which, good with the ramble. Which might be fun because that gives you lots of stuff to edit out. <laughs> I don't edit out. That's uh, <laughs> I let people ramble. Or, or mash together. Yeah. All right. So the, one of the things that a lot of people wonder when they think of art, creative people, of course, how did they become creative? So like, how did you even get to it? Family, teacher, what was the experience that sort of brought you to even being creative? Oh, well, it, I'm the youngest of, you know, two you know, older brother and sister. And uh, when they were at school and I was, you know, three and four, I, my, I think my mother was just drawing something to, you know, just like a mother would just put a tinker toy in front of you or a, a juice box or a stick, you know, whatever. And she just drew a picture of a Superman on the back of an envelope. And then also a picture of like a witch. She was just drawing things out of her head. But she did it in a certain way. And I, and I memorized how she did that. So then I would copy her. And that was my first, like, I was really interested in how you could draw something on paper and make it be real. So I was kind of off to the races after that. I, I always drew, always. It was just like very peaceful. I could spend hours just sitting there drawing. I remember I submitted a drawing of my dog when I was in first grade and it was like, it, it was much better than the rest of the class. And, and, and the teacher put it up, you know, so I got that little bit of you did good kind of thing. <laughs> and so I was like, sweet, man, I, I think I can do this, you know, but I, you know, again, I was first grade. So I'd never even, I never even thought of anything. And after that, I just, I, I was always known for someone who did art. And then I would meet other people that did art and we always just like, kind of bonded you know and so I was I was in the I was in the club man from early on it was great and you know and it was always exciting to see people that were really good when you come across them you're like wow I remember one time we had a foreign exchange student in high school he's from Korea and he did he, I, he, I don't even think he's he barely spoke English 
but he, I remember he drew like a shoe. <laughs> it was, it was 10 times better than anything I get. It was unreal. And I was like, wow, it's amazing how there are people out there that are just super good at this. And it's really intimidating, but also really exciting too, because you know, you, you want to be around those people and you want to see how they do it. And you want to just, it's, I don't know, just, I enjoy seeing, you know, good art and people that are creative and the way they think is so different and the way they handle things is so different. I love that. I love how you're saying they, as though you're not one of them. I guess what I'm saying is where I was kind of going with that is it's to me, it's not a competitive thing. It's sort of a healthy competition. Like you're, you're like when I was in art school, actually I went to here locally, which had a small art program at the time. And I took it with what I thought was, you know, the best teacher there. I liked their work the best. And I took all the classes I could with them and then kind of ran out of classes. And I had always wanted to go to a proper art school. And so whenever I just basically dropped out of college here and went to England for a little bit, and then I applied to a real art school back in the States when my visa ran out to come back and I got in. And the reason, the whole reason I went to that school East Carolina University uh, School of Art is there was a an arts and literary magazine which I had worked on a, a piddly one here but theirs was really good looking and and it showed you know examples of all the different artists and illustrators and you know fabric designers things like that and it was there was two or three pieces that were just stunning in there and I was like this looks like a real art school like you could really learn you'd be around some really cool stuff i want to learn i want to know how they did that i, I remember i saw like a multimedia painting like a collage painting it looked like there was probably 20 different materials used on it it was amazing i didn't even think there was a sole of a shoe like stuck into the canvas it was just you know badass and i, I was like i, I want to go there man you know I, luckily I, you know i got in and i i I wanted to see, and I actually met the the person who did that painting. You know, it's so funny. It's like you just want to get near them and go, wow, I, w- I want to see your more of your work. I want to see. And then you pick up little nuances and things they did, like what's so striking about it. And like, you know, look at the look at the way they use the color and look at the line materials. Look how bold they are. They, you can just tell they're just, that, the way I see it, it looks like a very bold piece. And those things influence you. You know, you pick up on the good parts, you know try to all right so you moved on after school and as i said before you know one of the interesting things for me is that you are an incredibly talented artist like specifically in the human form like you you can illustrate draw whatever paint the human form really amazingly and you sort of have made the choice the conscious choice to not perpetually be a fine artist but to choose to go into the commercial arts no knock on that. It's a it's a it's a smart choice in many ways. Mm-hmm. But I wonder about like, do you ever wonder like, was it a smart choice? Was it the right choice for you, or are you perfectly good with that choice? You know, I think in a lot of ways, I never felt any, and I don't know if this is good or not. But sometimes you follow the path of least resistance, and I'm I'm guilty of that sometimes. I do not do that. I have no idea well, what you're talking about. I, <laughs> I never, I mean, you, the graphic design came very, like I enjoyed it. 
I do enjoy it. I still do. I would still do it. If I were to quit my job now, I would still love to do design for people as well as art. But it it came easy for me, and I enjoyed it. And I, I guess that's why, because I enjoyed it, and I like the problem solving, and I like the visual. You know, I had the visual background to kind of add fuel to it, and the decision-making over the years. You know, obviously, you know, the older you get, I feel like your creative decision-making becomes much more streamlined and and you have to sweat less you kind of you you think more than you need to physically do but anyway so I think probably that's why and I think New York kind of sealed the deal because honestly when I went up there we were getting low on funds and I was terrified of you know not having rent I wasn't that close yet but I didn't I wouldn't there was no income I had to go away I had a I had a part-time job that was only going to be for a couple of weeks. It was like a, a temp job designing. And I had to go back home at the time because my dad had gotten sick and went for like three weeks. You know, he had, had to go through some chemo and things like that. And it just happened. And when I came back, I didn't have that job anymore. And I was like really pretty terrified. I talked to people. They're like, oh, this, you know, when you do temp work, you know, it's kind of you know, you might have four months, you might have a year and a half, and then you might be off for four or five months. You know, it's okay. And I was like, I, I don't like that. <laughs> I was really kind of scrounging and trying to find something. I got a call back from a place that I had done some design work. And the funny thing was, is they did financial, like high finance. They did design and advertising. And most of all their clients were like high finance, like global finance, which just even hearing those words, you can imagine how completely Uncreative. opposite brain of that is. The irony of it is, and I'm hoping I'm using the word irony correctly, but is <laughs> that world at the time, I don't know what they're like now. There's been a lot. This happened since then. This is about 2006. <laughs> they really, kind of a sophisticated audience. They, They, you know, you're not, showing them gold coins and money trees and, you know, things like it's very, it, imagine a painting, the paintings in their walk-in area, the foyer of their buildings and things like that. It's like, it's very sort of abstract. And well, so the aesthetic I felt like was kind of in that realm. And also the people I worked for were really cool, really nice, really funny. Uh, an English fellow who lived in Africa and Italy and he plays in a band his wife is a world music singer and he was my boss and I worked with another guy who cussed like a sailor and would go sneak off and have a drink at lunchtime and come back and and but him and I got along really good I guess because we both like cussing and drinking <laughs> and so those were my bosses and they love they loved the work that I did you know they saw my book and the funny thing was the reason I got that job was because of some artwork that I had done that was that was my fine art stuff in my book. You know, I told you about the, you know, putting it in a book cover here and, you know, uh, article layout design here. My boss, that's what he saw. He loves art. And it was my toe in, you know, really. So it worked out well. Anyway, I got, they called me back and I got on there and the money was really good. I'd never seen money like that. And it, granted, you know, it takes you, once you realize New York is, you know, it's a different pay scale there but still I was like I, I've never had money before and so that was uh I'm not gonna lie that was very tantalizing so I stuck with it 
Well, I mean, when it comes to, okay, so like, keep in mind, I come from the fine arts background and especially in photography. So that's also a big sort of kicker on this one is that oftentimes photographers, if they're fine art photographers and they do commercial work, they're seen as sort of selling out kind of thing. But that's not so much so true in the in the graphic arts and also the painting. I know a lot of artists, so whether they're sculptors or painters or printmakers who do graphic arts, uh, you know, commercial arts uh, for to make money, to be able to just afford to do what they want to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, you look at any of the design annuals and look at the photography and they've got all the categories. You know, they have editorial. They've got obviously the very, you know, the very expensive studio stuff but even you know i i worked with a couple of photographers up there i was if i comped up an idea and the client bought off on it i would be the art director of that project and we would source a photographer or whatever and i I did this a couple times i didn't do it a lot worked with this really amazing photographer he did a lot of studio still life things and he was recreating the stuff that i had comped up in photoshop and his work, I remember he did this, he had, he had several books and I can't think of his name. Uh, he's a French fellow, but he's, he's got sort of a Russian sounding name. Anyway, he did these sort of shoes made out of pieces of these lilies and, you know, exotic flowers. And he would make these women's shoes out of them and he would construct them. He would shoot them and then construct them in Photoshop. But they were just amazing. They look like fairy like grand fairy shoes they were pretty phenomenal that was one little thing he did of course he did you know 500 other things because he was a working photographer but the guy his skill was phenomenal and and his work was really phenomenal but he got some money to do that project which keeps everything going in his studio and it was just fun to work with for fun to work with people like that i did it a couple times and yeah, they were pretty well-rounded, I would say. You know, a little of this, a little of that. And I've always got my fine art stuff. And I think maybe that's probably, maybe that's something there. We're all artists, you know, but I feel like that everybody, like my even my boss, he was a musician. You know, it's like, this is my day job, and, and I care about it, and I take care and pride in what I do. And he, and he does, you know, he did and he does. But 8 o'clock tonight, I've got my friend's coming over or I've got a gig in Harlem and we're playing in it. And I'm so excited about that too. You know, I love, I don't think anyone ever just, you know, in the creative world just does that. And maybe, you know, it's not like a, a bag and groceries and I come home and I'm like, no, I'm going to keep bagging groceries. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to bag them on my own time. It's like nothing wrong with bagging groceries, but I know it's not the most inspiring career okay wait a minute you mentioned that you are an art director and you're doing all these other things and i've sort of used different terminology to describe what you do you know graphic arts commercial arts all these things so like how do you define what you do you're well that's currently a what well it's and the titles are all a little wonky because i mean first and foremost i am a graphic designer slash artist from concept to finished produce you know finish stuff but in the industry i'm in you could be a creative director and have people like me who are designers and they make things they actually the monkeys that do the work and you're the sort of person that says no do the blue one yeah i have this idea i see fish and 
and they're you know Wait, flying do you, in the sky. Do you do that to people you work with? No, no. See, I don't do that. I, and I've you know, it, it, I, I I haven't been in a situation where I'm that guy. But at the same time, so I I kind of am, in a weird way, I'm kind of creative director of myself. <laughs> it, it's confusing. At the end of the day, my job is to think of ideas. I write sometimes. I. It's like I think of ideas, I work with writers, I work with my boss, we think of ideas. I, in my current job now, what I do is I'm the person who brings it to life and visualizes it. That's what my job is. But I also might come up with the idea or I might take someone else's idea and go, oh, I, you know, I think what would work here is we're going to do this. And, and I take it and I kind of let it stew and I kind of create from that. So, and, and it, you know, it's exciting. And, and, and I mean... And honestly, I've, I've kind of gotten to the point now where it's like, I hope this doesn't come to fruition, but I'll just use this as an example. It's like, you know, we could get an account with a, a company that makes toilet brushes. And I would be genuinely excited to, like, try and make something interesting from that. I, it's like, you know, my, my daughter the other day, my nine-year-old, it's like, what would you do to, this morning? You know, I come home for lunch. I ride my bike home. and what'd you do today? And I was like, was it fun? I was like, Oh, we did this and this. Oh, wow. That sounds boring. (laughs) And I was like, well, you know, it does sound boring, but it's my job to make it interesting or my job is horrible, but you know, it's not a horrible job. It's a great job. And I actually, I have to figure out a way to make it good and interesting for me. And some are better than others. Don't get me wrong. But like, that's, that's kind of the deal. And if it's really horrible, I just try to get it done as efficiently and quickly as possible and just get it the hell out of the way. Like wrap the burger up and get it the hell out, you know, you know, right behind that. Something completely new is behind that. And that's, that's cool too. That's a, you know, a new, a new canvas, you know, if you were. It sounds to me like part of the thing that sort of entices you to doing this is actually the sort of the collaboration and the, the process of sort of working with other people to, you know, make the ideas bigger and better and broader, whatever, then maybe if you did it just by yourself might not have been as, if, you know, Well, whatever. I tell you what, it's just like anything. Yes, it is. It is better to work with people that can make the work better and you work alongside of them. But sometimes. Well, you sometimes know, they get in the way of it, too. Sometimes they completely get in the way, and it's bad ideas. And, and you're like, but that's okay, too. I mean, ultimately, you, you go back in your head, and you sit at your desk, and you sketch or research or find, or on your bike ride home, you're, you know, you're thinking or you're laying in bed right before you go to sleep. You know, it's like you, you watch something, you see something you hear something and then it, you know, kind of fuels the thing. So I think more, the thing that I enjoy the most is that discovering what, what's going to be the smart solution, the good looking, the, the cool solution, what's going to be the, not, not just fluffery and design for design's sake, working with smart people up in New York that were senior and they really knew their shit. They really helped me kind of craft it's kind of like when you go to art school. Oh, wow, you can draw an apple. It looks like an apple. You know, big fucking deal. I, I, I needed you to work harder. What, what, what are you really doing here? And that first time you get that taste, you're like, oh, I see. I get it. I see what you mean. Well, one of the things that I always wonder about with, like, designing for stuff, because I've done a little bit of it over the course of my career, too, is that 
you have to often like make three, let's say, potential pitches to somebody. You know, one that you love, one that you think they'll love, and then one that's some sort of hybrid between them. And and that to me was always the most painful because I would generally fall in love with one design and be like, this is the shit. This is the perfect design. And if they choose any of the others, I'm going to be crushed. And they always choose one of the others. Well, I tell you what, and you're exactly right. And I say this to myself and I say this to the folks I work with too. I go, don't put it in front of them unless you're okay with it. That first time, the first time, it's the purest time you get to show anyone anything spend all of your creative energy and then some there and just really power through don't show them sketches show them something that's further along but show them three ideas but they don't have to be my favorite my middle favorite and the crappy one that i think you know they want me to do and in most cases you you're okay with the three of them you have a favorite maybe a strong second the third one you know, maybe that one you could call your straw man. Like, all right, I'm just going to put that in there. They can nix that one. But I'm okay. I, I like it, though. It's not bad. I won't, I won't, because I don't, because I did bad over here, and they're not seeing that. You know, no one's seeing that. That's okay. Crap. How, how many, how many like sketches and stuff do you make up before to get to the three that you do give to a client? You know, it depends. It depends on if you're talking about a whole brand campaign, a whole brand new look and feel for someone involving a whole new logo that you've created. If that's the case, you've, you've usually already started thinking about it by the time you start doing the, what the brand look of them, what the attitude is. You and the writer, your writers come up with a, a tagline or a, just an idea or a concept that is sort of their tone. And then, yeah, you know, I forget, I forget what the question was. Is, you know, you're, you're, you're basically, you're kind of working on all how many things. how many <laughs> sketches do you how many like tests and sketches and tries do you have to do to come up with three really strong ones to put, even put in front of a client i don't know i guess i guess that's difficult to answer because i know with me typically my first idea i have right in the creative meeting the first idea like half the time maybe a third of the time that's the one we end up going with and wow if it's a pure thought and i'm just i don't know i'm kind of in that place where i'm very receptive to what I'm just being fed, and then I kind of go, I think of this. But the other times, oh, I have, I'll still have an idea, but I'll, I'll just, that's going to be the one. And I start working, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, this is this is a better way to do it. And then somebody will give them s- some input, and I'll go, well, that's smarter. Th- that's actually better. And then I'll look at that very first thing I put down, and it might not even get shown. You know, so it, it, it depends, really. It's like sometimes, it, it's very, I guess, long and short of it, of it is it's a very organic process and so you don't it's definitely not math the one thing mathy about it i would say is you know you always typically like you said before you you give them three you know that that's usually standard five's too many i think i actually learned that from you two is lazy (laughs) one if you're very famous you can do one. Yeah. Here, this is the design I give you. Yeah. That's your and choice. And you actually typically, you only do one when it's like a freebie for some friend or something. Or a nonprofit. Or a nonprofit or something. And it's like, here, boy, those are fun. Because then you really just get, you don't even have to concern yourself. You're like, what's my what's my idea here? You know, and I'm not, they're not, they're not paying me for it. But at the same time, I don't have, I, I, let me just see what I can come up with. I'm just going to give them this. And uh, see if that, <laughs> but then sometimes they'll be like, "Oh, can you change the color? Can you green? You know, I don't know." 
do you feel the need still to make your fine arts also or it is because one thing i always wonder about like people that go into the commercial arts because it is you're still being creative you still are doing all the things that you were taught and you learned in school and and the things you you desire which is you know be creative make things all that kind of stuff so like is that enough of a, a sort of scratching that creative itch you know in a way i guess some days yes not in the pure sense of art for art's sake but i would say you're using those muscles so you're keeping loose <laughs> but Sometimes, you know, you're not you're not straining them quite like you would if you're doing personal work. Because the funny thing is, is because I think with personal work, you know, well, I tell you what, I'm going to put it this way. With, with the graphic design communication arts in general, your client is the, is the patron, you know, and, and they're trying to speak to an audience. And so the audience is kind of patrons as well. So you're solving for them. And when you're creating work purely for yourself, you're, you're kind of solving for yourself, which is very, that's a whole, you know, that's, that's a very different thing. I think that's, I know with me, I don't know how it is. Some people, I, I think they've got a whole different process. I think with me, because I, I would kind of create things from inside that I saw in my mind or, you know what I mean? It, it wasn't, they weren't tactile yet. They weren't things that I could observe or, you know, I couldn't photograph them. I couldn't, it was, it was more like just pulling something from inside out. And not to say that that's not what other art is either, but I, I'm speaking for me, I guess. That's this really entire conversation is just about you, by the way. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, that's really challenging, but also really good. It's a different kind of work. I don't know. Yeah. It's just a different, it's a, you know, you're, 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 yeah, client sounds horrible. You're not your client, <laughs> but uh, it's the way we phrase it. Your your answer. You're you're you're, you know, you're solving your own sort of art, creative conundrums because you want to communicate them. You want to like you know you want to represent something that you're see or that you're thinking and put it out there, and you want people to see it. What is interesting, I mean, quite honestly, like your graphic design work, probably more people have seen your graphic design work than ever will see my artwork. Like, because, you know, that kind of stuff is sort of inherent in people's lives and they don't even realize it's there. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, and you see it and you're like, you know, you might respond to it and go, oh, that's, that's really cool. They, I remember when, when one of the first things I did, in, well, it was probably the first year I was working with that group, we would take on little side projects through our group as well. We didn't always just do. Sorry, that group. When I worked for my company in, in New, New York. York. Okay. Small group. We were a small group that did the financial stuff, right? Well, we also, because folks I worked with, you know, they'd worked in the industry and they knew people from like all over the world, you know, all, everywhere. And we would get people, friends from Italy or something and uh, then... They'd bring in a client. I remember we did this client. We had a client he brought in, a friend of ours, Matthew. Ely Coffee, the Italian coffee espresso company. Very designed. Like, their their logo was done by some famous Italian designer. And he did it with a brush pen. He did one, you know, or something to like that. Their espresso cup was designed by an Italian sculptor. And, and it had a perfect, it looked like a certs, little white certs ring for the little the little where your fingers held the tight, yeah, yeah. The little, you know, 
the espresso cup and it was just so your fingers would just touch like that like that was thought about so very high in like high or i should say elegant elegant very appreciative of the arts they were going to do this launch event in manhattan to just kind of drum up the name and interest in ely coffee and they were going to start it in new york city did this project so i worked on that for weeks and weeks months and there was another designer who was working on it but then i really got into it and i was doing illustration work and these are all concepts and then i was doing you know some other kind of photo collage stuff i just had a blast with it and my boss was just like go 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 yeah go yeah we did so much good work for them. Anyway, they ended up going with one concept that they really love, which used those cups on a white background. There's a white cup on a white background. And then we did all these things with it. And, like, literally, I would just sit there and just think of ideas with it. And I'd talk with my boss, and we'd, like, come up. You know, but he just let me go. And, like, they produced, like, all of these, a lot of these posters for the event of, of the creative that we did with the cups, you know turn into a butterfly we stack them on top of each other and have bamboo growing up the side of it we would put it in a field of grass with like all these other cups and caterpillars are crawling into it like I, I just like kind of went like my boss would throw a word like what about a caterpillar what about and I would envision what that would look like I put the two cups upside down like a cracked egg and, and a little chick comes out of it and it like we were just doing all this like just bonkers not not bonkers but just kind of surreal fun stuff and they, they went with all of it. So we're in this four-story mall, you know, Time Warner Mall there, in the Time Warner building right there at Central Park in the corner. And a big installation in there. And we had these super long, three-story long posters. And I just was like, well, how am I going to do a long, skinny poster? Because we were talking about hanging from the railings, these things. And I was like, what if you were to just drop a cup and it would have it spin round and round? And I was thinking, well, what if there's a guy just doing somersaults on the side of the cup? So there's like 10 cups spinning around and around on, on a poster with a guy in a somersault pose. So he looks like he's flipping and falling down. And they're like, good, we'll do that. That sounds good. <laughs> so that's probably twenty, you know, $10,000, $15,000 poster. You know, just like she's just banging that stuff out. We need something for the elevator stand. It's like, all right, we got this cup theme. What if we just stack all the cups up like right when you come out of the elevator but they'll be like you know three feet wide these cups and have words on the side of them and they're like okay so they did that they had them fabricated and they did the cups so there's a series of other things there's some art installations there it's really cool the the painter rosenquist mm -hmm. had done a series of canisters for them and he was there and he like autographed them you know so i got one of his cans autographed somewhere so that was like you know, a job I did like six months after I was there. And I was like, that was cool, man. Those never, are very rare, though. Never did it again. <laughs> like never, never yeah. did anything like that again. But it was cool. You know, that was fun. I, I kind of felt like that was probably how back in the day or even, you know, of course now, like the whole the kind of rock star graphic design world. But, you know, I'm not in that world. I'm in the bread and butter <laughs> especially now out of being out of new york you know it's it's very much but i like it though but that was fun that, that was really cool well i mean that's another thing so like a lot of people get into the creative industries because they like the 
the people and they like the community and the tribe and all that kind of stuff and a lot of us want to be famous and we want to be known and all this but a lot of graphic designers and and commercial artists are in it just because they want to be able to use their creative talents to be able to make a living so basically they want to like their job oh and i you know that's funny you say that because the whole reason i even do I, I like I, I I do like you know I, I'm lucky man you know I I really like my job and I realize that's that's rare you know it it really is and that's that's a that's a wonderful thing you know you don't like every day but you know I remember being really frustrated doing paintings you know and and drawings I'm like I don't know shit I want to do today mm-hmm. like, damn it you know I got I need to start something new because I'm in a rut you know but yeah no and I I really I really do and yeah the 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 well, especially in New York, like the graphic design and advertising world and like New York and stuff, the little bits I was in and around was also really horrible. Like like the, the bigger the account, the more money, just the more horrible the people were and the and the You're talking about the clients. What no well not I mean, no, no, even in the office, like you've got account people, you got people that project managers who they you know how it is. They're it's like they're no, not. I, I don't know how it well, is. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how it <laughs> Thank is. Thank you. They're not creative. They are in a creative world. So it's a bit like bean counters. Well, not account accountant like that. More like handling an account, like a project manager. I guess maybe that's more. That's a better term for for us. But they could be horrible and like you know just just like any office you've got, just people just you know, making it harder to do that. And, you know, we just want to make good stuff and, you know, we don't want to deal with all that bullshit. And, but, you know, when money's involved, you, you do have to deal with the bullshit sometimes. So, but yeah, enjoying the work is the thing. I know the people that I worked with, the the ones that I was around every day for 10 years and they're, I'm still speak to regularly, even though I've been gone from New York for a while is they love the work they did. They did. And they hated bullshit and they didn't want to deal with it. They were very honest, very talented. And they are. And that rubbed off on me. And I, I, they understood sometimes you're working on stuff that's not as fun or not as good or exciting, I should say. But they always, right, here's, here's my take on it. You know, here's what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to give you the best I got, you know. And so I think that kind of sort of work method, just way of working was instilled in me from from those guys okay wait you said something about like being in a rut in in painting i mean as an artist if i'm in a rut okay fine i'm in a rut but if as a as a commercial artist if you're in a rut you still have a deadline oh well you usually here's a good thing is because you also have to consider that you're typically not working on a project usually unless you only have one client then you very much will get in a rut there have been times when we had a main client where you feel like you're having to remake the wheel again time and time and time and it's going to be a better wheel and a different wheel why aren't you making that you know yeah that's 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 hard that is hard but typically you're not in it long enough to get into the rut it does happen and you still gotta you gotta work through it Okay, well, give me a sense of it. So, like, you're not necessarily maybe, like, your daily rituals, but, like, over the course of a week, let's say, like, how many jobs do you complete in a week or, or a day? You know, so, like, you know, 
are you working on like multiple different jobs in order to stay fresh on a job or do you like focus on one job for you know 10 days in a row and then of course like how long a deadline do you have for a lot of these things well it, it all depends because we might do something that's a smaller client and they just need something like a, a new logo or whatever and maybe we just don't have a lot of time that we can give to that because the budget is lower budget you know like a like a whatever and so those you're not going to spend as much time on you can do just as good at work but you're not going to be able to have the luxury of spending weeks on it and then you have some jobs and if you're talking about you're talking about describing what a rut might be like we had a client for a senior living they do senior living communities which is like the big yeah retirement homes it's a well that's <laughs> that's the that's the old word. <laughs> yes, now it's senior living community, and they're not retirement homes. Still, it feels like retirement home to me, but it doesn't look like it, and they're way more expensive. <laughs> oh, God, yes, I know. My Infinitely parents, more expensive. My parents are getting old. I know. We've been looking into it. But but very nice, you know, and uh, those 1%, 2% of the population are really going to have a lovely time there, and kudos to them. Anyway, so you're – and they're, they're, you know, a great client, and so we – We'll produce a logo and a look and a feel and a brochure for that community. And then we'll get another community and we'll do that as well. Well, one time I got four or five of those in a row. And I'm talking, here's a blank piece of paper. It is called Acorn Farms. That's not the real name. It's good. It's good. No, no legal and issues we need we need a logo. And a look and feel, and then we'll need a brochure piece, and then which is going to be chock full of photography. We haven't built a place yet, so <laughs> you got to go in stock land. Which I will say, stock photography has made huge advancements in how they are showing <laughs> senior living nowadays versus probably five, ten years ago. Well, stock photography—that's a whole industry that, on the one hand, like on your side of it as a graphic designer amazing like the resources and the prices of them are incredible the, for, the, oh, for your side yeah, yeah. me as a photographer it's, stock photography the, the it's the bottom of the barrel these days i mean they pay nothing it's it's nowhere near as lucrative a, an industry as it once was for photographers well you would know about yeah exactly like how that industry how what it, how it's changed and what it's gone to i, I know, worked for a stock photography agency did and you we, really we used to do like deals of like Twenty five thousand dollars for rights to an image, and yep. you know worldwide ad campaigns or books, you know for ten thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah if, you're, if you're in a if you're in a big campaign, yeah, it pays well. If it's, I always feel bad for the people that go, okay, teenager, teenager holding an apple, teenager throwing an apple, teenage two teenagers both holding the apple. One takes a bite of the apple. Like I don't know how they do. <laughs> I know a guy who did that for a living and made millions. He, they have there has to be something in there because the funny thing is is you're going through this stuff you're like well, you know somebody's using this and I know there's an article about teenagers who don't eat enough apples or teenagers that fight while grabbing the last apple or I literally assisted him one day because I wanted to learn the trick of like how does he do this like the dude was making millions yeah and I showed up one day and he and to assist him he had a, a bodybuilder guy like with big biceps there and and he put the guy with the big biceps in front of a 
a colored background, uh, and then he put an apple on the the bicep. And yeah, yeah. Took the picture against a green background. Sure. Changed the colored background to blue. Took it again. Changed yeah. the colored background to red. Took it again. Yep. And then he changed the apple out to a glass of milk. And then he changed and then he changed all the background colors again. Like, and he just like did it like a machine. He's just like, what do people want? That's what I'll take a picture of. Well, it's like, do, do they get it like a little set list? Yes. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, they do. I don't know how they keep it. You know, we need muscle guy with fruit. And we need multi. <laughs> Let's get mad on that. You know? No, they they really do. Actually, the the stock photography agencies, the old ones. I mean, I don't know what they do these days. Yeah, yeah. But they used to actually get like they what they would do is when people give in requests for images, they would keep a catalog of all the different requests and sort of say they would be like, okay, there's a lot of requests for these images that we don't have. Oh, right. Go make some of these. Yeah. And they would actually give it out to their photographers and say, go produce these because we have need for these. Yeah. I, t- I tell you, man, I, I've got to the f- photo shoots are a whole can of worms to bring out. And you love it because it's original photography. You're working with a photographer. And a lot of times, a lot of stuff I work on now, it might be more lifestyle things. So you've got, you know, you've got talent or, you know, actors called talent and all these scenarios and here they are at the beach and here they are walking through the woods and here they are eating at our table and it's great but it's a lot of work there's 500 images of them eating at the table you edit it down you know and because i'm not a photographer and i'm not that client it's that is hard for me to narrow it down to that I, i mean i'll pick i'll use my aesthetic eye i'll use what i feel like my tools are to like get it get what i think is but inevitably it's like oh no 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 we have to have the so-and-so oh no we can't use those anymore because they don't have that kitchen anymore you know there's always that kind of stuff going on sure the funny thing is is i find myself now going boy i can just go to stock for and there's and i can find something beautiful and it might be the 500 hundred dollar image which is very expensive for most clients that's a lot of money but you are getting you know you're getting a ready piece of photo boom no Art directors on set, no talent, no people. You know, it's like boom, done, and immediate, like no waiting. Either. Lighting is already great. Everything's yeah, and immediately, so it's like bang, bang, bang. But I kind of, I've got to the point now. Unless it's something like a purely creative concept, it's not, you know, people walking through the woods or people on the beach or kids playing or something like that. If it's like a whole new thing, you know, of course you have to construct that. You got to figure that out and. A lot of times I can handle it with stock photography for, for, for the clients that we have, you know. That saddens me greatly, but that's fine. Well, and I think, I think it has to do with, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of reasons. I think probably money. Of course. I mean, original photography for any sort of advertising or commercial reasons is expensive. No doubt. You know, developing like a, you know, a logo for, you know, just happens to be one of the things I'm working on now. We we work on a bunch of things, but this is just in my, in my head right now. Taking something that's maybe not very interesting sounding and making it like a visual explore, a graphic sort of exploratory problem solving, you know, something exciting to work on. I remember there was one of these communities and they... They wanted a horse theme because it's right near these stables and famous stables and lots of equestrian sort of, you know, aficionados and whatnot. So I started doing some sketches and then I got, I had some ideas. So I 
I typically will sketch just a little bit, but I, I always have to build it on the computer I've gotten. So you, it's my second, it's like my third hand. I could say. So, okay. Wait, stupid technical thing. What programs do you use? Uh, well, when I'm doing I'm, most times, anything graphic based is illustrator, Adobe illustrator. So I've been doing that for about, you know, 20 years. So I've gotten that. That's been a fun program to work with because it's so precise and, and shape making and, mm -hmm. and, and things like that. That's been the most useful to me. Well, for that. And, you know, Photoshop for general image, imaging, things of that nature. But most of the time for comps and things like that, where you comp up an idea, usually the photo or the image is a little adjustment here and there, and it's fine. You know, I don't like overly manipulated stuff in Photoshop. But, yeah, I would say Illustrator for graphics and art and InDesign just for text layouts things like that but mostly all illustrator now honestly i've been getting away with pretty much doing all that and i like it well and, and okay so but wait now has your you and or your the company you work for been doing things like three-dimensional stuff uh, as maybe even like 3d printed things like so are you using any of these sort of contemporary technologies no we're very we're very kind of old school with all that stuff but we do what we do do is animation and video storyboards will have people create that the animation now i used to do a lot of that when i was in new york like the last i don't know a couple four or five years with our client they they wanted an, an idea for basically a piece you could look at but you didn't have to have the sound on and it was for advertising to these not traders on the floor but people that are on their computers and they're doing you know but they're, they're not listening to the sound. Sure. And so we did this text animation idea. And I got, well, I got the idea to, like, do sort of concrete animation of, an, of, of, a, of a phrase where, you know, it's kind of a classic thing. They call, I think they call it concrete poetry, you know, where the words will sort of illustrate what it's saying. Right. So I storyboarded that out, and I kind of got into this real feverish and the next frame is this and next frame is this and I'm doing it all in Illustrator just kind of mapping it out and then we would get an animation house to create it and it was really cool and then they loved it so we ended up doing like 10 of those and then the more we did them the next the next series just got better and we did more and then they started getting we got a more high-end animation company and so I would storyboard them and then they would really take it to the next level so that was super cool like just kind of building these little mini animated features like a minute long that would tell sort of whatever story you need to tell and so that that was really cool i brought that down here with me that way of doing those sorts of pieces so we've we've dabbled a little bit in that you know well i mean the reason why i ask is because like a lot of so than, yeah but like a lot of students and a lot of young designers and stuff they get enamored with like technologies and they, and in school it's always pushed like oh you need to learn the newest thing the best that you know, all this but like it sounds to me like really the thing like if you wanted to be a generally a you know a successful commercial artist is to basically find a skill set that you enjoy doing that you do well and be a master of that one thing or just one thing and maybe surrounding things oh yeah no i would totally agree with that i, th I think you know whether you're a a technical sort of savant is something that's that's you know you're going to do fine if you if you're you know if you're someone there aren't a lot of people that know how to do 
very high quality animation and things like that. But on the opposite end of that, you you know, you could almost say you need to understand concepts and ideas, but you have to be able to tell me what they are. You know, I'm sorry, you have to be able to show me what they are in some method or form. We can get someone to do this, but you have to be able to be proficient enough to show me the idea, whatever that might be, storyboard it, whatever, sketch it. Wow. But it can't be. <laughs> so so I guess, I guess um, it's kind of like if you're a sculptor, you either have to weld or you have to work with wood or work with particles, you know, whatever a sculptor might do. And the material, you, you do have to kind of have some kind of skill in one of those mediums. You might not be able to do them all. So it's like with me, I, I couldn't animate. I don't need to know how to animate because there are people that animate, but I love working with them and like, and having ideas. And then they go, Oh, what if we did it this way? Well, that's what I'm sort of getting to is like a lot of people these days. Okay. So like I, I was teaching graphic design and we often said that we were teaching generalists. Like, so we were people that came out of our school had a general understanding of illustrator, Photoshop, InDesign, and maybe a couple, maybe a 3D program and some mm -hmm. stuff like this, but they weren't really specialized in any one great thing and like masterful at that one thing. But it's, so that's what I'm sort of asking is like, are you, between you and the people you've worked with, are graphic designers these, or sorry, commercial artists these days, are they masters of one thing and then sort of, or are they all generalists? So like basically, are we teaching them the right way? Should should they be generalists or should they be Well, masters? I tell you what, all those people that you just described are in that field. Typically, someone who can dabble a little bit in some of these programs, they understand it a little bit, but they're more idea people. And if they're really good at ideas, and they can steer people who know how to weld or know how to use Photoshop or know how to animate and push them and go, no, this is what I, okay, yeah, that's it. Then there's a job for them, but they actually didn't make anything. They, they had the, they were, they were the visionary. So, but then you've got the technical school kind of slant where someone has to know how to do the, the, the timing and the editing to get this into 30 seconds for this, for this animation piece in sync with the, the voiceover and the music and the, you know it's like there's a real technical craft there so it's like they're 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 all it, you know it's a, you know what it's kind of like this Matt it's like it's like you know the theater or something you got the director you've got the actors and you've got the the stage props and the people it's like yeah, there's a job for all of them in there you know so are you a director or are you a stage hand you know you need them all so well like well for instance like I could think about the write journalists right now a lot of journalists who went into journalism school they came out as really eloquent writers they're now being asked to also go out on assignment and take photos and make videos along with their oh, wow. photo yeah. assignments or yeah. with their writing assignments so it's it's this kind of like idea that's very contemporary that basically like if you're creative in one way yeah you sort of have to like be able to do a lot of things you know i tell you it's i think it's good that you guys sent you, you sent people out of your school with a working knowledge of some of those things they're going to see. Because you do have to 
like I understand what a timeline is in, in animation and in, and in film and video, and, and I know what that looks like. So I'm, I'm familiar with it. I'm not on Mars when I look at that. And uh, it, so, yeah, it's absolutely good. But I think the bigger thing is, for me or for an artist, is being able to receive and digest and spit out an idea that is that that's your creative output now if you can also go oh and i know what this will look like illustrate it or i know what this will sound like i make it i think the other way just being a technical having technical savvy you're a craftsperson in in a lot of ways which is it's in its own art form in in a way you know or it very much is its own art form well and that's sort of something i'm thinking about which is like what's if you were looking at another graphic designer, let's say, their work and all this, would you be admiring the craftsmanship or the idea more? Like, what's the thing that, that makes you go, oh, they're talented? You know, I think the the craft is the icing and the idea and the concept is, is the cake. And it's like, you know, you, you're like... I really love icing. I'm not sure which is better, which one in that metaphor. Well, that's fair. <laughs> I saw this video for, it was kind of like a video case study for a company out of London. And they had done, they had rebranded the London Symphony. And they did everything from logo to custom typeface to this poster series to big beautiful 3d animation abstract animation that looks like i'm sure you've seen things like this it looks like bubbles and and fire and fireflies and things sort of imploding on each other just you know they do they make those magnificent things and sort of 3d animation like really high-end stuff that it's probably billions of gigabytes they came up with this whole you know visual catalog of what the london theater you know sort of this campaign was going to look like and it was beautiful and, and and then even the way they filmed the case study and all the type was a sort of basic sans serif kind of kind of fat typeface white type on a black background but then imagine a conductor dragging his i call it a wand or a stick what do you call the thing that oh god <laughs> the conductors the wand conductors yeah wand stick wand Imagine them dragging it through sort of wet paint uh-huh. through the letter P at just such an angle mm-hmm. that it just trailed off like you would, you know, if it was sitting on a white pudding and you just run your finger through it. And it was just like, it was beautiful. And they did, that's how they did the letters. And so then they would write, they'd take that type. And this is all shown in this video of how that they came about with that. And, and it would say like, you know, Bach or Stravinsky you know, just real big in that typeface with like the the sort of abstract blob like I just described, the bubbles and the fireflies, is made with the marks that the conductor, when he's waving his arm. I just checked left, it up on Google. It's called a, a conductor's baton. Baton. His motion, his movement is all about motion and movement of sound and then visualizing it. And it would be inspired by his movement from a, a Stravinsky piece or something like that. So that would be the piece of art in the center. It was just absolutely stunning. Like the whole work was very inspired. You know, you see stuff like that. Boy, you know, I'd love to do something like that. And if you get a chance, 
definitely take it. Or if you have to work on the toilet brush thing like I spoke of earlier. <laughs> sure. Well, Sometimes okay. you do that. But my point, my question was, though, so like. But what was your question? The, que- the You're question. You're very distracted. <laughs> the question was, um, are you sort of like, what's more desirable slash like. So like, if you were looking at somebody else's works, are you more admiring and envious of their idea or their technical skill which in reality i probably answered my own question with that well i'm going to be a bastard and say both i want to see a really good idea well of course we all put together really well we all want that (laughs) but but i mean devoid of like the 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 concept of perfection (laughs) like the but i mean in reality though we sort of already touched on it which is the idea that skills can always be learned but being creative and being sort of insightful and thoughtful and all that can't really be learned. Like you either have that or you don't, it can be honed, but it can't be taught. I think that is the coolest for me. Most inspiring is like, how did they think of that? That that just looks like something that somebody wouldn't think of. And it's just, that's amazing. You know, it's almost like I love, I love seeing that. I, I love seeing a new idea. And, and you realize that's, that's, you know, that's what, that's the diamond. That's the one, the thing that everyone's looking for. Creatives, you, me, all of us, you know, and when you see someone just do a, you know, and it doesn't have to be a brand new color that's never been seen. It's not, it's not like a unicorn so much. It's like, that's just people on a beach. Like how many times have I seen people on a beach? Why is that so fucking good? <laughs> and it's like, well, it's in black and white. It looks like it was shot at night, and then they shine a big spotlight on them. And for some reason, there are you know you know what I mean. It's like they just did something unexpected to it. That oh, absolutely. That you exactly. urge, and and it might be very minimal, or it might be opulent. It's overly busy. Way too many things going on. Everything, every decision they made is something you would not do, and all of it together is just like a beautiful. Oh, yeah. I always think of like utilitarian design because like I grew up with like Heller plates and, and all kinds of designer like dishware and things like this. And so like, I'm always amazed that like a dish is a dish. It literally is just a surface on, on which we put food, mm-hmm. but yet there are millions of people designing them in such subtle little different ways that make, and, and it's the little tiny details that make the huge difference on whether or not it's perfect for you or horrible for you. Yeah, totally. And and to me, like graphic design is the same thing. Like, I ca- I'm not amazing at graphic design for sure, <laughs> to put it lightly. But I always know I can always tell when it's bad, but yeah. I can't always define when it's why or how it's good. You can appreciate. It's just like I think I and I totally know what you're saying. It's like when you look at something, a design piece or or you know a plate or whatever like that. It's like. Like I can see why it's good, but I don't know how they decided, you know, it's all, it's all about, you know, editing, you know, it's a plate, a black plate with one little blue thin circle on the bottom where the little part is that stands on the table and that's it. And like, no one's even going to see that, but yeah, but look how badass that is. It's like, who would have thought of that? Like that's special. And look at the restraint. They didn't decorate the whole thing. They just, just that one little piece. And so I kind of, you know that you know guts that's another thing just seeing someone have a little guts you know that's inspiring 
Indeed. All right. Do you have any advice for young graphic designers, art directors, or anything like that from your experiences? Some, some maybe some things that went wrong that you maybe would help them to not have to go through the same problems you did? Well, as far as going wrong or doing things wrong, oh God, you know, I guess we all kind of learn through that. Most of that stuff was probably just having to figure out some technical things because I, I was I was a person who had to actually create stuff as well, especially in the beginning, and I still do now. But bigger picture for me is just do as much don't just do the stuff at your job because what you're doing is crap and it's direct mail and no one's going to see it and you hate your job and but you're just trying to pay rent because you're 22 and when you're a graphic designer now you got this job you're like oh shit i wish i didn't have it all right just keep your day job don't don't quit your friends are in a band right like make their poster make their their graphic that goes on their mp3 that they sell now people still make vinyl i did a lot of vinyl albums and those were great like 12 inch you also Inside, did a lot of work with film festivals as well. Film festivals and free, 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 man. Like, it, you're not making any money off of it, but you don't give a shit because this is the fun stuff. This is you. I remember I did a, um, a series of these charcoal sketches of tornadoes. In my mind, there were these tornadoes, but they were, you know, very abstract. They were black. They were black and smudged and smeared and all squares, black and white. And some friends of mine put out this little seven-inch little seven inch record and i used one for the cover with this like sort of scripty typeface they were called the blessed or the blessed it was really cool man like that was just my idea for them for free but i've got that piece i've got that record you know it's like now when i put that beside my stupid direct mail piece that i did for some graphic design agency that i hate and i know i don't no longer work there anymore it shows a good document of other stuff i was doing at the time you know so it's just like that stuff fueled my fire and it also kept you around creatives too man it's like you're not just at your job and then you go home and watch netflix you know you're out just like all young people are you're out with your your people man seeing bands and you know you go to restaurants and friends are bartenders and stuff and oh we're doing this uh, spoken word thing here at the bar tuesdays and we need like a cool flyer to pass out it's like go home and do that flyer you know like that, that, that kind of stuff. Cause that, that keeps your brain active into other areas that you won't, you won't, you're, not, you're never going to get paid to do that job, but the creative that you might come up with is really going to liberate you and give you some, some good things to well, work with. But I mean, there's also the nature of like in the creative industries, like you do some of these things to, for free because you love the people or you love their cause or whatever. And oftentimes those are the things that end up getting you other jobs in the future. Absolutely. It didn't 100% happen that way with me going up to New York. I I did a large painting, and it was weird and, you know, whatever, and figurative. You know, it was just the stuff I was doing at the time. It has no realm in what I thought was advertising and graphic design. What I was just trying to find any kind of graphic design job. It just happened to be advertising. When I put my book together and I... I want to use this piece, man. I went, you know, I mean, I made it a book cover, just as a faux design piece. I even made it the title, <laughs> like a, probably the title of the piece, and uh, that's the thing that caught my boss's eye, you know. So you know that that flyer you did for the spoken word thing at your friend's bar is the piece that'll. Oh, okay, you're not 
total stick in the mud. This is cool. <laughs> sure. You know? Okay. One thing I've always wondered about and is the like a lot of young people like so like again my students and even myself like when I if I thought of being a designer I would think oh I want to own my I want to have my own design firm. But you know if you sort of break it down into the industry wide like majority of people are the people who work at the design firms not the heads or, or owners of the design firms so like is that a is that really a desirable position like in the end i mean as much as we all it's very romantic and, and dreamy to be the owner i feel like a lot of times that might actually be substantially more stressful and possibly not as enjoyable as just being the person who does the designs well i tell you it if you're the owner and you work from home and it's you and a partner or something, that is one level, I guess, starting level. But, you know, the, I would hate to spend all my off time hounding people for money for bills to pay. You know, and I, I've, I've done freelance work before on the side. And you might not get paid for six months. You might not get paid. You know, it, it's like you have to. And that's. That's not very romantic. That's sadly, that's that's. Well, and you're also figuring out like all of your friends and contacts are potential clients. Yeah, and yeah, true, and pretty soon you're gonna find out. Well, I need a ballbuster who's gonna get me paid and who's gonna call them and hound them, and if if that's what happens, happen. I want to just create. I don't want to have to do this, but it's like oh, you're gonna be doing that a lot. The thing I thought of when right after you asked that. The first thing that came in my mind is like, are, do you want to be a chef or do you want to own a restaurant? And and owning a restaurant could be, you know, really amazing. And, you know, all the tables, the look, everything you want, the kinds of food you want to serve. You know, if you're a chef, well, I guess chefs can do whatever they want. But if it's somebody else's restaurant, you know, you're going to, no, no, we're, we're, we're doing the, we're doing seafood mostly. And that's just kind of the kind of chef we need. But I love it that I get to just really worry about the work and I, I don't have to worry about the clients. If if I had a pool of clients over the years that you knew personally and worked with and were, hey, we really need you to work on all these projects and we've got all these great ideas, but we need you to help us you know, bring them to fruition. If I felt that, you know, that would be different but it's usually few and far between. Hopefully you can just stay inspired to create things. You know, I, 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 I'm going to get back to art and focus on it. I, I guess way in the beginning you were asking, you know, do I miss it or do I do stuff on the, being busy with children and family is my excuse right now, but it's, it's pretty legitimate excuse, you know, on the weekend, one weekend I was like, I'm going to do, I've been saving these random objects. I find, I kind of got this weird thing for found object sculpture. And so I grab pieces that are interesting. My wife and I did it when we were in New York. If we found something interesting, we would grab it, just put it on our back porch or we were one of the rare people that had a back porch in New York, in Brooklyn. But well, anyway, it was actually like, a rooftop. Yeah, it was a rooftop. Yeah. yeah. And so, we, we would keep it and like, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. It's just a cool object. And then I found these things. So I ended up did, doing a, a family sculpture of the four of us and sort of like found object totem style. <laughs> and it's right behind Matt's shoulder right now. You know, it, it's, 
it's stupid, but like, I really don't care. It was fun to make and it was vision. So it's like, I kind of like it. It's like no pressure to do that. Like I, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep that curiosity on the, and I'm getting ready. And when the time comes, you know, I'll be ready to start making stuff on the side again. You know, I'll still have my day job. You know, I'll go tinkering in my studio on the weekends and when I get home and that'll be great because I, I love it, you know, and I, I would love to get back and do more of it. So that's, that's my goal. I look forward to you getting back to doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. All right. Well, thanks. Thank you, Matt Doles. Thank you, Timothy A. Jones. <laughs> Is it Timothy? When I was born. Yeah. Birth certificate says pre- Timothy. Pretty much after I was born, they never said Timothy again. And and my legal, legal name. Like, that would be if you were a cop. <laughs> or IRS. Or somebody. Or the yeah, that would be Timothy. Otherwise, it's Tim, Timmy, pre eleven years old. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, Timmy, yeah. that's horrible. Although you know, when I when I was up in New York, I, I worked with a lot of really sweet people. Their lifers have been born and raised in New York, and I don't know if it was like like more of an Italian thing or a neighborhood thing or whatever, but Tommy, Bobby, Billy, Timmy, they kind of they they went back to the Timmy thing hmm. and I had this guy and this guy, Sal Landry, this really cool guy. And he, he looked every bit. Somebody walked out of Goodfellas. I mean, I kid you not. He wore a suit, like a sharp suit to work when people weren't really wearing suits like that to work, the jacket, the whole thing, very brushed white hair with like a razor's edge part, like right there in the front. Hey, Timmy. <laughs> and you know, you know, when a guy like that calls you Timmy, you're like, hey, hey, Sal. <laughs> you yeah. call me Timmy. Got to be somebody named Sal to say something like that. But then uh, the finish of the story, Sal ended up, poor poor guy, he, he ended up passing away. But all the people that worked with us were all, you know, we're all sad about it. We miss Sal. And we're like, oh, you know, poor fellow. He had a family and stuff. He was, you know, probably 60. They started calling me Timmy in the office like kind of in honor of him and it was really and it was really i was like you know this was kind of proud when they said it it made me feel good you know it was, it was it, you know it was special so they're the only people no one else <laughs> since then <laughs> all right yep well thanks yep thank you you get it the last part out that was more for us no that's fun that's the good <laughs> stuff are you kidding yeah